Welcome to Global Truth Center. So great, Delaney. So great. So the title of my talk today is Holy, Holy, Holy. <laughs> holy, Holy, Holy. So there are some lyrics in that song that I really do want to bring forward. And one of them is this, the idea of how many of you have ever felt like you've You've had to be everything to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of easy to feel, certainly in life, as you go through life, where you have to be everything to everyone. Or more importantly, how many of you have ever felt like you have to be something specific because that's what you're being told you should be? Right? We all go through that. We grow up at first with, our, with parents, um, uh, depending on who your parents are, telling us and helping us, and I think all parents, no matter how you look at them, are always trying in some way to make you feel a little bit better about yourself, are always trying to show you the best way. Basically, most parents tell you how to live your life based on how they've lived their lives. So that's either good or bad, depending on how they've lived their lives. But there's just something innately within all of us that I think needs to get to a place where we stop listening to what the world wants us to be. And stop listening to what the status quo is, what the standard is. This is, who, this is how a minister is supposed to act. This is how a salesman is supposed to act. This is how an actor is supposed to act. This is how a, a, an assistant is supposed to act. You know, we all know what our jobs are and how we're supposed to behave within those jobs. And I'm not up here saying we need to have a radical overthrow of, of, of personality and such, or am I? Maybe I am. You know, I think there comes a time when we have to really question everything. So um, there's another line right at the beginning that says that she's looked in the mirror a thousand times and seen that face of someone who doesn't know how much they are loved. That, that, that line really gets me. How often, how many times in your life have you have felt unloved? Something's going on in your life and you just can't feel the love. You can't feel it coming towards you. Or some people who spend their whole lives pouring love out but do not know how to take it in. In fact, the pouring of it out ends up becoming a wall, a barrier. We just spend so much time giving, giving, giving so that we can put a wall in front of us of this energy of giving and not allow anything in. I know a lot of people that I work with who say, you know, I'm uncomfortable in you know, getting. I, I'm good giving people, but I'm not uncomfortable getting. That's a problem. Because we are fluid, as I said last week. We are liquid people. We are this energy that constantly moves out and comes in. We are giving and receiving at all times, and they are the same thing, giving and receiving. And I think when we get that, our prosperity problems will be over. When we stop thinking that receiving and giving are these separate things, and more importantly, that in order to receive, I have to give. Or maybe, maybe if I just am willing to receive, I won't have to give so much because I'll have it. <laughs> Think about the many myriad ways that we can figure that out in a way that does not serve us. 
And then I love when she says in the song, what you are, you are holy. You are holy. You know, when we talked about ritual this week in ministerial class, what I sat there with, listening to everything that was being said, there are 20 students in the class, so it gives me a lot of time to be quiet, to just listen to what they're all saying. Best part of the class, Tiffany says. <laughs> when I'm quiet and they all speak. Um, notice Lori didn't say that because Lori's an A student. Um, <laughs> but as, yes, he did say that. But, but as I sit there listening and I listen to our talk on rituals, you know, the idea of holy. Um, it's very emotional today. You know, this idea of, of greatness, greatness meaning holy. This idea of, I love in the song when she says, my body's holy. What do we regard as holy? What, the holy cities? When we go into a church, are we suddenly in a holy mode? Or, is, or am I holy right here? Holy with a little H and holy with a little W. Am I holy God? Am I holy the energy of the universe? Holy. You see, that's one of the problems with the I am God situation. We all know that we are part of God. We have been brought up with the every religion being taught. I am part of God. Catholic Church, I am the son of God. Sons and daughters of God. You know, we are all part of this family of God. But when someone like, like Meister Eckhart comes along, or when Ernest Holmes comes along towards the end of his life and gets what, what this whole thing is all about, what Jesus actually meant by I and the Father are one. I am not a part of the Father. You never heard Jesus say, I am a part of the Father. He said, I and the Father are one. Reminding us there's just one thing going on and we are all those beautiful incarnations of it and therefore we are all holy. We are holy, holy. Entirely blessed, entirely sacred, every aspect of our lives. And she says later in the song, it's hard enough to be me when the world is telling me who I should be. There was an interesting thing that happened on the ship last week. Um, in one of our workshops, there was a teenager in one of our workshops. There were a number of children that came on this, this cruise, but we ended up with a 16-year-old, I think. Uh, I think he's 16 in the workshop, and while they were broke up, broken up into pods, I would just walk around and listen to what, thing, what people were saying, but I happened to sit down just as this 16-year-old spoke, and what he said was very interesting, could sound defiant, when saying, I'm tired of my parents telling me who I should be, but he didn't really say it that way, it wasn't defiant, it was, you know what, you get tired as a 16-year-old being told by everyone, including your parents, who you should be, who you can be growing up. And this is coming from a 16-year-old when he says, I just want to be me, and I don't want to be me based on what anybody else thinks. He said, I don't want to even be me based on what my friends think. I want to find the me that is so real inside of me that nobody else gets to weigh in, in on, weigh in on it. And I just sat there listening to this 16-year-old, and, you know, and everybody, <laughs> the adults were all like... <laughs> because I know they felt the same way, Right? We gotta, be, we gotta be willing to say, this is who I am in the face of, no matter, of anyone else's opinions. It was a beautiful moment. And right after that session, after he said that, he came up to me and went, I think I'm good, I, I can go now. 
because apparently there was a poker game in the next room. <laughs> and his dad said, yeah, you're good. You lasted the whole half of workshop. We're good. So, um, so everything you've always been, Jesse says, is holy. And then she goes down a list. Your life is holy. Your mind is holy. Your days are holy. Your body is low holy. Your laugh is holy. Your tears are holy. Your grief is holy. Your problems are holy. All of it is holy because all of it is the constant energetic move of love. Even the stuff that you pull your, put yourself into that doesn't feel so holy. How many of you have some stuff going on that doesn't feel holy? Right? Yeah. But it is, Blanche. It is. That's, that's a Golden Girls reference. It is. It is holy. And if we're willing to stand back and look at all of it as holy, imagine the difference we're going to make in our own lives in the relationship we have. So, and the last thing she says is, your love is holy. Your love is holy. So, Eric Overholzer and I have been putting together this thing called Welcome Home, and yesterday was the, the literal launch of it. And I will tell you that this whole middle of the room was empty. Everything was on the sides. What was on the floor were these beautiful, beautifully designed by Eric. Um, well, the mats you didn't design, but the pillows and these big square pillows and then these beautiful little pillows, bean pillows. And just the look of the space by the time we finished it was just candles everywhere. It was just spectacular. Um, we, we, we offered six classes yesterday six individual 45-minute classes back-to-back. Back. And it hadn't occurred to most of us that um, we were all going to be here for six hours with every class. So I hadn't really given it much thought to what was the impact going to be of these classes. I wasn't sure what the impact was going to be of my own class. And when I opened it with a spirit breath meditation, when I got to the end of it, um, I was so verklempt, I could barely speak. And I could see that all the mats were full and, and there were tears flowing and people breathing and it was just remarkable. It's exactly what we are moving into, an experiential philosophy. Not just someone up on stage talking, although that can be fun, <laughs> but an experiential philosophy where we take this philosophy and do it. And it was just beautiful and it was all day long. We started off with the spirit breath meditation. We went into inspired yoga, which Adam led, which was just beautiful to put our bodies to work while our minds and our souls are being fed. We moved right out of that into Lisa Carey's uh, BODs, Being Our Dynamic Selves, which is a program that I designed years ago, but we're now putting into little pockets. And she was breathtaking, had never done this before, had never sat on this stage and held court <laughs> and brought us through this meditative state of how the body connects to the mind, how the bodies we are walking around in are vessels for our minds to tell us how they need to be. You don't like your body? Talk to your mind. Don't just diet. How many people diet and then six months later, they're right back where they started? Because it's not about diets. It's not about exercise. It's not about any of the stuff out there. It's about the mind. How do you see yourself? Because how you see yourself is how you look. And you can get clear on that, and she really helped us get clear on that. And then we went to um, 
the uh, power of contemplation, which Eric Overholzer took us through for 45 minutes. And he started with a story about Itzhak Perlman that just blew me away. And I, I, just, I was sitting back there running sound, just sobbing. And he hadn't even started. He was just telling a little story. Um, it was just gorgeous. And then the amazing Karen Oxrider, her class is called Self-Love. And, you know, when you go to a class, you want to go to a master. So there is a master in self-love in our midst, and that's Karen. She is the love master. She just loves. And so sitting in her presence for 45 minutes and listening to her speak truth about love, it was just amazing. And then we concluded with a chakra integration. And uh, someone not from our community came and, and led the final exercise in chakra integration with, with uh, tuning forks and sounds. And it was just, you know, working from the bottom up. It was just, just, I wasn't expecting. When the, somewhere during about the fifth hour, I was like, I feel like I'm jello. I just feel like jello. And I, and I got it. I went, we're, we're, we're on to the right thing here because this is what it's all about. It's not it, we are not just the science of mind. It's the science of mind and spirit. It's understanding that everything that the soul does, the body inhabits. So if we can get our souls in shape and in check and clear on who we are, our bodies are going to follow. Disease will go away. Bodies that don't serve us will go away. Obesity will be gone. All the things that show up in the body come from the mind in some way. So at the end of my, I had a quote, which was a Walt Whitman quote, and I told everyone I wanted to leave them with this quote, and I looked down to read it, and I just, the, the, I just got caught in my throat. I almost could. Now, everyone's eyes were closed, so no one could see this, so as far as I know, unless you had your eyes open, because we also had the most glorious video going on behind us of every energetic, the ocean, the sky, the leaves. It was just magnificent. Um, and the room was shadow. It, next week, Saturday, you should all try to sign up because there's only so many spots that we fill each Saturday. So I said this, and as I opened my mouth to speak, it did come out, but it hit me so hard. Re-examine all that you have been told. Dismiss that which insults your soul. Re-examine everything that you have been told. Now, I'm talking this to myself. I'm not just telling you this. This is to me. Re-examine everything I have been told. Look at everything that I have believed up to this point. Does it resonate? Does it insult my soul? If I am wholly holy, then it insults my soul to think of myself as less. It insults my soul to think of myself as diminished in any way. It insults my soul. It insults Delaney's soul for her to think of herself as anything other than a brilliantly talented goddess. Right? That's the truth. And we have to start thinking this way. We have to start taking this philosophy, hook, line, and sinker, and really, really digesting it and asking ourselves the questions, Do I, does this resonate with me? Does this work for me? If it doesn't, highest and furthest. That's the life that we get to live if we're willing to take that challenge. Ernest Holmes said this, back of all the conflict of ideas, back of the din of external life and action, back, back, 
in the innermost recesses of uplifted thought and silent contemplation, there is a voice ever proclaiming, this is my beloved. Now I know that can sound a little Christian, it can sound a little religious, but you know what? I'm tired of denigrating my background, where I came from. Christianity has a lot to offer the world. Catholicism has a lot to offer the world. Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism. Why do you think we celebrate them at the beginning of every service? It all is what brought us to this moment in time. And now we can take all of that and remember that it, this is my beloved. There is something in you that is you, that knows you, that honors you, that sees you, feels you as the holiness that you are and doesn't ask for you to prove it. You don't need to prove this to me. You don't need to prove this to the world, to the, anything. You just need to prove it in your life. Prove it so that you get to live from that spot. Holy, holy. He goes on to say, seldom does the voice, this voice, penetrate the outer world of human experience. Seldom does anyone allow it to perfectly express through their being. And I think he's right. I think Ernie's right. <laughs> I think we don't. We're so busy put it, pushing away all those doctrines and, and, and rituals and things, so busy fighting against what used to be. Well, you know what? I'm 65 years old. I like everything that's brought me to this place in time. How am I going to say some of it shouldn't have happened? Let's cut out those 20s. No, I loved my 20s, <laughs> right? So it really is about, are we willing to integrate all of it? And he's right. We don't allow that voice out. We put so much in its way. And it is time in this month of being full of greatness, grateful, grateful for everything that brought me here, to let it out, to allow that voice to say, you are my beloved. And I believe the end of that sentence was, in whom I am well pleased. And I'm not pleased with you, Joe, because of the life you've lived. I'm pleased with you because of the life you are. The life you've lived is behind you. What are you going to do from here going forward? He says, we must learn to listen for this voice. Call it conscience, intention, or what you will. It is there. No one need go unguided through life for all, all are living at the center and all are images of the Most High. So that's what I came here to do today because when I left here yesterday, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave this energy. I didn't want to... It was, you know, we, we throw around the word transformative a lot, but yesterday I used it in a way that felt so right. I felt transformed when I walked out of this room. You can feel transformed when you walk out of any room because it's just a state of consciousness. So I decided when I came here today, the only thing I wanted to get across, the only thing that mattered to me was that every person online or in this room left this room knowing just a little bit more how holy they are. And knowing just a little bit more how wholly and entirely they are the very presence of what we call God. Love, 
life, light, peace, power, beauty, joy, whatever words you want to use. You are all of it. And you are holy. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.